Hey yo, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So I was in Tokyo, then I was in Fukuoka, and now I'm back in Tokyo. But instead of central Tokyo, I'm in western Tokyo. I'm in Kamine Park, near Musashi Itsukaishi Station. Pretty much as far west as you can go. And it's fucking great, because there's all these mountains and hiking paths and stuff. I highly recommend it. But I was just thinking because uh, I just passed a point where there was like a, a bench. I'm up on this like mountain ridge, but there was an opening in the woods and a bench. And you could look down at the town because uh, I'm not actually that far from civilization. It's only like a kilometer and a half or something. This hike from this park to like a little waterfall. It's cool because it's very nature feeling, but it's not hard to get to. It's real close. And my endless struggle on this podcast and writing this novel is just how slow I'm going. But it's not a struggle I'm struggling very hard against because I do still think that the overall important thing is, even after all these years, I haven't stopped. It's fucking miraculous that I haven't stopped. So it's going really slow, but who cares? It's fine if it's going slow. But I am always kind of hopeful that the next step in my little journeys will kind of go better. But I mean, it really never does. First I was like, just going slow in Canada. Then the first time I came to, uh, well, I went to the Netherlands and then Japan and I was like, wow, sure I'm writing slow. Must be because of all the travel getting in the way. But then COVID happened and I was stuck home and it's like, well, I sure am writing slow, but you know, COVID, <laughs> hard to get motivated, but whatever. And then I thought, ah, you know, once I get traveling again, I mean, I'll be walking around Japan every day. Surely I can just work in some writing. <laughs> and it just came to mind because that bench is a perfect example. That's what I had hoped I would do. Is, you know, stop at a place like that. Stop at that bench, do a little writing. Stop once I get to the other end of Kamine Park, do a little writing. When I get on the subway after this, do a little writing. And that's just not at all what has happened. It's been the same old thing of I do a little bit every day, but that's about it. <laughs> And like on the subway on the way here, I did pull up the old novel, explode, took a gander at where I met, and I'm just about ready. I'm almost at the point where Quaylem is leaving the story for good. He's done, he's leaving, he's exiting. This is like his last tiny little paragraph of dialogue. So, I mean, things are still moving, still heading forward in a slow way. So I took a gander at it to know where I was at let it roll around in my brain a bit, and I'm like, okay, I know what's going to happen next. I know how it's going to go. And on the way home, I'll write that. And that's going to be it. <laughs> so my, my dream of uh, getting more dollops of writing done throughout the day has not happened, just as it never does. But I think it was a bit of an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> and I think this ties into something I talked about back in the day, the idea that this little bit of work you're doing each day, the physical amount of work is not at all representative of the mental space that this is taking up in your brain. The little bit of work that you do each day is the little tip of the iceberg, but in your brain, it's this great big, I mean, it's a fucking novel. If, if, if one novel, it could be multiple novels, and it's just like it really takes up a huge part of your 
awareness of your consciousness, of the just bandwidth that your brain has. And I realized, like, in order to do that, in order to sit down multiple times a day and do these little dollops of work, it's not, like, it would really change my day. Maybe I would be, <laughs> feel better overall. Maybe I do wish I was doing that. But it really would take a distinct mind shift, shift. Man, thank God all the signs are in English around here. Because <laughs> I definitely have never taken, I've only been here a couple of times before, but I've never been on this particular route before. But yeah, my brain's just not there. My brain is like, I'm back in Japan, holy shit. I've been recording audio every single day for a travel podcast that I'll just be putting out episodes of for the next fucking year and a half. Maybe it'll like <laughs> stretch out far enough that I'll finally run out of audio by the time I'm ready to come back to Japan. But yeah, this is where my head's at, is what's the adventure today? Where am I gonna go? What am I gonna explore? What kind of stuff am I gonna just learn passively? I don't think I'm directly learning much of anything because <laughs> I'm a weird illiterate guy just wandering around a different country. But there's so many little details about stuff all over that it's very exciting. But in order to be primed to do writing throughout the day, I would just have to be thinking about my fucking novel all goddamn day. And I just don't want to, <laughs> you know? Maybe I don't want to in general, which that's a problem. That's something I should probably try to address in the grand scheme. It's like, maybe I really am not quite taking this seriously enough. I'm still happy that just to, to not stop. That's enough, really. But I probably should be weighing my writing a little heavier in whatever plates I got spinning in life. But not right now, you know, I'm only here for 90 days. Only got three months and I'm over two thirds done. Right now, I don't want to think about it, <laughs> you know? I do not want my head filled with my novel. My head is already filled, dude. My head is busy. So yeah, I think it was naive of me to think that this <laughs> would spur me on to do more writing. If anything, it's the opposite. Like uh, the most obvious casualty is I was helping one of my friends work on a story of his. That's completely fallen off. Maybe I should email him and apologize, <laughs> whatever. But again, it's just like, this is not the time. This is my precious return to Japan, my precious 90 days. Fuck it, dude. I'm doing something else <laughs> right now. So I guess, again, to try to look at the, the upside, the doing a little bit of work every day thing, I'm just still very glad how resilient that's been. Even with the uh, overall sort of like increasing slowness, the extreme lengths of this project, it's kept me going through that. The world shutting down with COVID, it's kept me going through that. My poor old dad passing away, it kept me going through that. The roller coaster ride of finally being able to go travel again, it's still getting me through that. I'm still doing a little bit of work every day, almost, <laughs> almost every day. I've missed a few days, but, uh, but basically speaking, I'm still going. Even if each day I just do a tiny little thing and it feels like nothing is progressing, it is because uh, Qualum's about to exit this story. 
writing this final chapter has been ludicrous <laughs> because the final chapter by itself is taking about as long as the first fucking 20 chapters took to write. But it's still moving. It's still going. But yeah, I think it is, uh, I mean, just being aware of these things really does help. Just knowing what you're walking into or what the situation is. And yeah, I think that's just something I need to be aware of is the little bit of writing each day does not mean, oh, it just takes a little bit of your brain. It still takes a big, giant chunk of your brain. <laughs> it's like an enormous part of your brain. I mean, you never know. Maybe one of these days I really will hit the point where I become like an actual guy who gets a significant amount of writing done each day, guy who works on six different things each day, whatever. But in order to do that, I'm also going to be the guy whose whole fucking life, whole identity, whole fucking brain <laughs> capacity is entirely filled up with whatever I'm working on through writing. And it's just, I'm just not ready to be that guy. Maybe ever, and definitely not right now. I mean, even just right now, what the fuck is happening? Where am I? <laughs> I just walked underneath a giant power line tower. I would have fucking remembered that if I did that before. <laughs> and now suddenly, here's a sign not in English. 0.8 kilometers to something. <laughs> Presumably this will take me where I need to go. Wow, Google Translate actually works, because this is like uh, lettering carved into a piece of wood. It's very beautiful. But Google Translate does not like that type of shit. It just wants plain printed text with no, no font, no um, graphic design behind it. But this one worked. Kamine, 0.8 kilometers. But yeah, I don't actually know where the heck I am <laughs> in this park. I can see the town down below me. But, that doesn't mean I could get there. <laughs> but yeah, while I'm here, rambling, since that's a pretty short episode, it's a classic, I can hear a siren in the deep distance and a helicopter somewhere. Again, the illusion, the illusion of being alone in the woods when you're really not that far away. But that's good, that's a good thing. <laughs> This is the kind of hiking that is appropriate to me. To always be less than two kilometers from uh, actual civilization. <laughs> That's what I call a good hike. That's a hike at my experience level. But the other thing that's been on my mind is sad endings. I mean, I definitely have some stories where the ending is not great. And I remember like, I mean, oh, good old Ayn Rand. She had very, very hardline opinions about everything. But one of them was her just total disdain for, for bad endings, sad endings, depressing endings. She wanted everything to be the triumph. The triumph of the human spirit, the triumph of the good guys. And I mean, I, I kind of... I definitely don't enjoy bad endings for the sake of a bad ending, like tragedy porn, you know, like just so you'll feel bad. But I also definitely don't think having a hard line rule of good endings 
certainly doesn't mix with my mojo. But I definitely think that it's better to lean away from the bad ending or just to really think about why you're doing that. Because in specific, I read this manga called A Lollipop or a Bullet. And it's pretty short, it's only two volumes. I think it's only fan translated. And uh, I'm gonna spoil it. So uh, if you're curious, a lollipop or a bullet, I think you have to get it off of just whatever fan translation websites, but it shouldn't be that hard to find. It just had a really cool name and it just looked really cool. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna read this. And it was really cool. It's this girl who lives in a rural Japanese town She's still in high school, but she's the one who sort of has to look after her family, and her plan is just to quit school and join the military. She's the bullet side of the equation. <laughs> and then this girl comes to town, who's the candy lollipop side, whose dad was a pop star back in the day, who was from this town. So she kind of grew up in this life of having tons of money and having expensive clothes and she's kind of in this like flaky fairy tale world of like claiming she's a mermaid and that she's not human and all this stuff. So obviously the military girl does not like her at first, but they become friends. And then as they become friends, the rich girl's life kind of unravels more and more as you find that like the reason that she moved here in the first place is because her dad had to run from media attention because he's fucking crazy and he just kept doing worse and worse stuff and he like killed their dog and all this terrible stuff. And it was this really cool story about the military girl basically just trying to save her friend from this situation. And here comes the big spoiler. So again, if this sounds cool and you wanna read it, I'll give you a moment to stop this podcast We'll do the countdown. The three, two, one. And like I could get into more and more details about it. Like there's so much cool stuff to it and all these neat themes and all these, these layers and this symbolism and all kinds of really great stuff in it. And then it just has such a sad ending, such a pointlessly sad ending that I feel like it eradicated all of that. It's hard to recommend it. It's hard to dissect it. It's hard to bother because it just ends with the rich girl getting killed by her dad. And it's just tragedy porn. It's just like, I mean, it was already feeling that way as more and more is revealed of how bad this rich kid's upbringing was and how terrible her father is and her weird uh, Stockholm syndrome because she always just was with this guy and just grew up with him. It was already bordering on that, but it just would have been so much better of a story if even if it was a muddled, gray, difficult ending, if they had found a way to extricate her from this situation in some way, even if there were still a lot of things that were wrong and a lot of problems, but just to have the dad just kill her. It was like, what was the fucking point of that? Why did you set up this house of cards what was the point of these layers? What was the point of this symbolism? What was the point of these themes? What was the fucking point of this? <laughs> it was like very frustrating. Because I guess even that didn't feel 
earned, you know? Because I was thinking, like, I do have some stories that end with people not making it, with people dying. So it's hard to just say, don't do that, you know, just don't do that. But I don't know, I guess it was just disappointing because it just felt like, like, I don't know, I'm out of ideas, I'm not sure. Oh, I guess she just dies, I guess. Like, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was working toward that or it was moving in that way or that that's what was supposed to happen. It just happened. It's just like, pull the, pull the plug, pull the rug out from under the reader. Fuck it, fuck it, story over. I'm walking by a giant power plant now. I have been here before. I went around this plant the other way. This is also very beautiful in its own way. There's <laughs> these weird this power plants in the woods. I also found a place up by Ome Station that's like a giant uh, lumber factory in the middle of the woods. Somehow just the big, massive human tech right in the middle of the woods is kind of, kind of pretty in its way. But yeah, I wasn't sure I was going to necessarily talk about that because as an example is this mega obscure manga based on a novel that no one's ever fucking heard of before. And like you can even tell just from the fan translation, there was a point about three quarters of the way through where the original person gave up the project and then the translation gets really bad for a chapter or two and then it comes back together at the end to like even even to translate this into english it was like a very tenuous kind of thing that barely worked that it barely came to completion so it's a weird example because no one's ever fucking heard of it and then it's weird to use it as an example because i can't like really recommend it because it's like 80%, 90% really, really fucking good. And then it just ends with one of the characters getting killed and everybody cries and roll credits. And it's just like, fuck off. <laughs> God damn it. Like, I don't know. It just felt like, like from a writing perspective, the easy way out. And well, I guess that's, I guess that's what I can say about it as a larger thing. Like, not as direct advice because, again, I can't say don't kill a character at the end because I totally do that. I've got some stories where that's going to happen. Though it did make me rethink one of them. One of them for sure. One of my stories, I'm going to have the character die for sure. Man, that always wigs me out. That gives me the wig, these announcements. I mean, obviously this one's coming from that power plant, but pretty much no matter where you are, just all of a sudden loudspeakers will start and they'll play a jingle or they'll play an announcement. And it's like, where are these speakers? Sometimes I really can't even tell. It's very surprising. But yeah, it did make me rethink one of my stories where I'm like, hmm, I was going to have it end with this character dying, but maybe one of the reasons why I'm a little stuck on that story is because maybe that isn't. Maybe that is just the rote ending. Maybe that is just because I can't really think of a real ending. Maybe I need to think harder about this. Maybe the actual point of the story is something better than that. But I guess what I would say in a general sense, beyond any specific examples, is I don't think you can ever fall back on, oh, that's just, that's just a thing that happens sometimes in real life, or, you know, that's just what I think these characters would do. Everything that you write 
is representative of you, <laughs> you know? You're not removed from it. Everything you write is a psych profile about you. Everything you choose to put in your stories, every way that you choose to present your stories is giving everyone a mirror into you, into your fucking, fucking heart, into your fucking soul, into your fucking brain. And to end a story the way a lollipop or a bullet ends, with just the death, the death ending, the way that reflects on the author to me is, oh, you're a dipshit. <laughs> oh, you didn't want to do the work here. You didn't want to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. You didn't want to think this through. You just wanted to do a tearjerker. You just wanted to pull the rug out from under everybody. You just wanted to push them down the stairs. Well, fuck you. I don't respect that, dude. <laughs> you know? Or lady. I don't actually know who wrote that story. But yeah, I think that is like, it's... It's kind of a lot of weight to carry, I guess, that you are bearing your soul to the world with everything that you write, but you are. It just, there's a meta level to everything, <laughs> to all creative endeavors. And, you know, maybe it's a lot more abstract with a painting or a song, but with fiction, it is not that abstract. <laughs> it's a scary, concept. It's a scary thought. Like, oh no, everyone's gonna see what's inside me. Everyone's gonna see what my deep dark thoughts are. But that's just how it is, because if they can't see what's inside you, if they can't see what your deep dark thoughts are, then why'd you fucking bother writing it? Then it's not gonna be anything valuable or useful. It's just gonna be some rote shit. And it's one thing if it's just whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of shitty writing in the world. But man, it's disappointing for it to get right to the end, just so close to the goal, and then become rote shit right at the end. Fuck. <laughs> Come on, man. Come the fuck on. Don't do that. So yeah, I don't know, if you decide to have some fucking dumb shit ending where just, oh, oh it just got killed. Story over. Character's dead. Everyone feel bad. Then only do that if that's really really what this story is about, if that's really where this story was supposed to go. Because you just can't fall back on any of the crutches. Like, oh, well, it's based on a real story where that happened, or these things happen to people. Like, it, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a story. It's fiction. It's not a mirror of reality. It's a mirror of you. It's a mirror of how things work in your fucking head. And the worst thing you could reveal about yourself is that you're a lazy hack cunt who just fucking shits the bed right at the end. That's the worst thing you could reveal about yourself. Anything else is better than that. Man, what a downer. <laughs> what a downer. And again, not a downer in the sense of, oh, what a sad story. What a downer in the sense of what a non-story. You almost had a story there. You were so close. And right at the end, you just let it go. It's bullshit. It sucks. <laughs> Man. Podcast while walking up a mountain, dude. What is up with me? Been doing this since literal episode zero. I still haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> I should wrap this fucking bitch up. <sighs> I'm almost, though, at the official... I think this is it. This is the official corner point.
of Kamine Park. Technically, I'm back in the park. Now I just gotta go down some very steep stairs. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I did it. All right, what song am I gonna play today? Let's do good old Hannah Georges. I haven't played one of her songs in a while. She does extremely good songs. This song is called Not the Name You Say. And it's real good. All right, thank you for listening. Uh, after Japan, just because they're kicking me out, so I have to go somewhere. I booked some time in South Korea. I've never been there before. So maybe next episode will be from there. In the meantime, the travel podcast is called Roaming Holiday. You can find it at keithcourage.com. Check that shit out if you're in the mood. All right, adios. <laughs>